Welcome back to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Uh, Today on the episode, it started off as an experiment, uh, bringing in uh, three people for the conversation. Jacob Nedia from Monk Drums, that's what you hear in the background right now, joins us, uh, joins David and I for a conversation around the labyrinth. Uh, the inspiration for it, uh, sort of the origin story of the labyrinth and uh, its spiritual impact for us individually and also for the community. But before we get into that, I would like to thank Diego at Recording Moving Studios. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Uh, thank you to Jacob. That's the once again from Monk Drums. If you'd like to learn more about Desert Rain Community, check out theruin.com. Uh, You can find David's writings and poems and prayers and things of that nature there as as well as just information about the community. drcrpod.com is the place to find other episodes, whether it's uh, Dispatches from the Verge or Road to Desert Rain. Uh, You can also find those on your favorite podcatcher. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us out. We appreciate you and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. I'm here with Jacob Nedia. Bingo. And David Morrison. It is I. Well, good morning, guys. <laughs> We're going to sweat this one out. It's nice and humid today after a week of rain. Yeah. Um, so what, what brought us, so this is our first three-way here at Desert Rain Community Radio. Um, we got no, all, but no eye contact. No eye contact for the threesome. <laughs> Jacob just looked at me in the Sorry. eyes. Awkward. <laughs> Too much intimacy. And we are going to unpack and dive into the labyrinth. Um, so maybe Jacob, you could you could kick us off with um, sort of. I, I know you have a good, easy explanation about the significance, what a labyrinth is and the significance of it um, that you've, I've heard you given on, on different tours and stuff. Maybe you can lead us off with that. I have like, I have, I have like three different perspectives, but I think the, um, the, the one that I, that I go to like quickest, easiest is the labyrinth as as a kind of the human development the human story mm-hmm. the human uh evolution where we it, it, in the labyrinth we're walking we're not walking alone we're walking with ancestors we're walking with um the the human story, the human uh, mythology, uh, beginning at our archaic roots, beginning with early humans, uh, archaic, uh, evolving into magic, then mythic, then uh, rational. Uh, just as we, as humans developed that labyrinth seems to be a part of the story of human development, a, a part of our journey. And, and when, and and you're talking about on the human race as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Starting from as our evolution is yep. uh, hunters and gatherers and, yep. and to the present day, what we know humans to be. Yep. Just like that. And, uh, I think we've talked about it before, but I think it's a good uh, thing to revisit. Uh, we've talked about the Center for Action and Contemplation, Richard War's um, group up in Albuquerque, and, and maybe you could share that or sort of the origin story of what inspired uh, Desert Rain to bring a labyrinth uh, here, David. Yeah, we, we went up to Richard Rohr's joint up there, and uh, and they had themselves a labyrinth. And and for those of you who don't know what a labyrinth is, it's 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 a walking path 
a winding walking path that you uh, that brings you close to the center at times and then away from the center at times. It's not a maze, right? So, so a maze is is uh, is a, engages your problem solving thinking, but a labyrinth mm-hmm. is a deeper, a different consciousness. What Jacob was saying, it connects you to to a deeper mm-hmm. uh, a deeper awareness. And so yeah, so we went up there and kind of as tourists, which kind of we literally just knocked on the door. And we're all, is Richard home? <laughs> Can we see Mr. Roar, please? Can he come out and play? <laughs> and, uh, and they were very gracious. There was a staff there, and they gave us the, the nickel tour. Mm. And so we walked the labyrinth as a I, – I had my consciousness of walking. It was just a tourist. Right. I was like, this is cool. And then halfway through it, it was like, wow, this was an amazing experience. Mm. We got to get us one of them labyrinths. And uh, – and theirs had a theme, has a theme. Uh, it's the the labyrinth of the dancing Christ, and has a you know they they even got themselves a sign to make it legit, and uh, and so a uh, wood carved sign. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, yeah, wood carved sign. <laughs> I can picture it. <laughs> Explains it and mm-hmm. the whole thing, and so and and mm-hmm. I think and so so Jacob was like, yeah, I could build one of those, and mm-hmm. then uh, the steels were kind of yeah, we could help design that, and then I was like cool and there they were like cool and we were all said cool (laughs) and and now it's there and now it's cool yeah and we're still discerning really what (laughs) it might what its theme if there Mm. is a theme to it Mm -hmm. you know i've kind of i kind of have some ideas but i'm you know i've been going slow on it for 10 years i guess right it's been about yeah i don't remember the year that you built it i don't either but it's been a long time well, Let's I mean, just it, tell people so it was I, always there. <laughs> you you moved out here and it just appeared. <laughs> the little people built it for us. Well, so I started coming out either the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, and it was already out here. So it's older than that. It's it's yeah. that would be eight and a half years now or something like that. So it's older than that for sure. <sighs> yeah. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that, Jacob. Um about the actual the physical construction. Of it oh, and making and, it, yeah, and, Man, and what sort of the practical side of, of what it looked like. Everything uh, uh, we do has corners, so in the labyrinth, there's no corner. Mm. So we start our building in, in everything I ever learned how to build, we start it with a corner, right? You have to have this corner, and then from there, you determine the level. Mm. So this was bizarre, and it, I, I think we made it like three different times before we finally made the thing because i you would think it's so easy to make a circle but it's not it's right. like, it's really hard to make a circle and well, then, especially with multiple layers like the labyrinth it's has. really hard yeah it was really hard but and so so how what was the final kind of how did you end up being able to make the circle you know what i mean like yeah. what what was sort of the process you used to get to that circle some smart guy came along. I can't remember who it was, but saw me messing with it and was like, you need to start with a string and you need to start, you need to determine the center and then you got to start mm. with your outer ring. So then what I did was I just did uh, circles of rocks f- starting from the biggest one outside. Oh, so you didn't even worry about the pattern. Yeah, I didn't worry about the pattern. When oh. I finally figured out, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. I did circles of rocks, bigger, biggest to smallest inside, and and then went, had a printout of what the labyrinth wa- was going to be, and started shaping the mm. pathways to walk. And man, that was very tricky. I must have walked it a hundred times just to make it. Right. Yeah. Just to get the right the right yeah. setup. And uh, David, I, I'm pretty sure it's a uh, borrowed design from an old monastery. Am I remembering that correctly? A cathedral, yeah. A cathedral. So maybe mm-hmm. you could tell us a little bit about that, the background yeah. of that. So, so labyrinths were in use and pretty popular throughout medieval Europe, mm-hmm. and 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 so when the age of reason came, they kind of put pews on top of them or covered them up. <laughs> like we need to pay these bills. We can't yeah, have people walking. You need to do mental prayers. You need to do recited prayers. You know, none of that. You know, because walking yeah. leads to dancing, and dancing leads to well, we won't well. even say uh, <laughs> in polite company. It'll get and you so. thrown into that burning, uh, <laughs> that burning so, hole in the ocean yes. right now if you start dancing. <laughs> and so, 
but there was there is one still in use uh, uh, from that time period, uh, and it's in France, mm. and it's uh, the Chartres Cathedral, C H A R T E S, I believe, maybe a Z at the end. I don't remember, hmm. uh, but it's it's still there. So that's kind of the the medieval cathedral uh, pattern. But you had built the the wall and the threshold first. Right. And so right, we right. so originally I think we wanted a certain number of circuits, but then we were limited by the yeah, the space in the place. Mm, and so I forget that. Because the crosses were built as well, right? Yeah. So so jumping back when we first arrived here uh on the property, the the first thing we built were these full uh size crosses, seven mm -hmm. of them, right, to do a meditation on the the seven last words of Jesus, because uh, it was Holy Week when we showed up here, um, and the, and the area was the space was uh, the the family before it was their fire pit, yeah, where they burned their trash, and so that so that became the center of uh, the labyrinth, the the fire pit, um, and so that was kind of the area that we that we chose, and then Marsha planted a. A mesquite tree that's mm -hmm. that you see on our daily prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, if you zoom in, a little, a little join shameless the zoom. plug there. <laughs> Get your midday meditation. <laughs> I mean, we don't on. profit from you watching us sit under a tree, but you know, <laughs> the more the merrier for sure. Yeah, um, might change your life. And so, and the stump in the middle. Yeah. The, the wood the wood cylinder. I don't I don't know how you would describe it exactly, but that was a washed out stump from a rainstorm. Yeah, we didn't really know what to put in the middle. Mm -hmm. I think you had the design for the the square, the the structure that you built, the the pedestal, yeah, the pedestal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't know quite what to put. Right, right. What goes there? Yeah, and ancient ones actually would put uh, the, from the Greek mythology. You started with mythological thinking here. Uh, Theseus was it, and the Minotaur. Uh huh. The uh, Minotaur. Was, it, was it Theseus? Yeah, it's the Minotaur. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and they're in the labyrinth and. Mm. And so they would put a, a, a statue of a Minotaur, which, uh, which may have, you know, that little bit of paganism. And, uh, a little bit. Yeah, they, they probably, uh, <laughs> that's probably made them fall out of, out of vogue. Uh, and so we were kind of discerning, you know, a cross would have been redundant. We already had seven of them. And we kind of stopped doing that, that meditation anyway. Uh, not for any reason. We just, right. we just, we found other. Eb ebbed and flowed with the yeah, seasons. Yeah, other things. And so. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think somebody, you know, uh, Chaparral, if you don't know us, we're the dumping ground of suburbia. Uh, Quite literally. Yeah, literally. They, People they, dump their dogs. Their dogs, their yeah. kids. We found kids just walking around. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thumb, hey, kid, their way. what are you doing out in the middle of the desert? <laughs> My parents told me there were cookies out here. <laughs> and said I need to stop <laughs> misbehaving. <laughs> Maybe I'm letting a little bit of my biography show up. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so somebody had dumped a, uh, I guess it was a, uh, a tree stump, right? You're right. I'm remembering now yeah. that you're saying everything. I'm like, whoa, it's all And we were back. in the habit of building that way anyway. We wanted right. to build this place with discarded. So, so you had, I think you had already done the broken bricks. Yep. Uh, Which is the back patio, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we chose right. broken that's bricks right. on purpose. Yeah. Uh, straw it was, uh, you know, it's a coarse material. It's a useless material. For the chapel. And so we use that for the chapel, right. yeah. And so and we had a whole That's mythology, right. if you will, a narrative about that, that Christ is born on straw. Mm -hmm. St. Francis of Assisi died on a straw pallet kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we when I think we both saw it at the same time, maybe. I don't know. But we both just knew that was... That should be the center. And, and then so yeah, it yeah. picked it up. And it came... It put itself together, basically. Yeah, yeah. With stuff it was that, up the street stuff that kind of washed up out here with people dumping and what, yeah. you know, whatnot. I think it was Kids by the highway, wandering. wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it a dog and a was. kid was dragging it down right. the equipment. Yeah. It probably was by the highway, like you say. Yeah. I can I vaguely remember something like that. That's it's it was so long ago I forgot all of those yeah. details. Those are good details. And um I mean, Jacob kind of referred to it right now of, of the labyrinth building itself on a certain level. Um, I remember uh, it was within the last three years because it was when I had moved out here, you had 
you had put some work in it to to re uh re i yeah. don't know resize it recalibrate it i don't know what the right word right would be. we had to we uh, the the rain and wind wash those pathways out so much that they shrink they get narrower and narrower so we have to keep you know resizing the thing mm-hmm. so we could walk it and i remember when you were doing that you you referred to it and this is the connection to it building itself of the labyrinth being being alive mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe you could you could speak to that a little bit about how you've witnessed it being alive and then david if if you could chime in on that as well yeah i think that that thing really is alive and it uh it it seems like you know when we first built it i didn't i didn't know what the thing really was i just I actually didn't walk it when we went to um, the CAC in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't right, walk yeah. it. I <clears throat> I watched David and Marshall walk it, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, man, that thing is amazing. And I kind of got more out of the labyrinth watching people walk it all the time. But I didn't actually have an experience myself in it, except that I would I would observe it a lot. And then years later, it started kind of like emerging as a as a part of the the mythologies that I was reading, that I was learning, uh, and I started seeing that it kind of is already in, integrated and intertwined in our lives, in our in our daily living. Uh, as the bigger themes, as the bigger story, the bigger mm. narratives that are going on around us that we are not quite, um, we're not focused in on. We're focused in on the details of our day, of our lives, but there's these big themes that go around us that are invisible. And I think that's where the labyrinth is starting, started emerging as this active thing in uh, communal living and my life, which is community life. but. Yeah, that that's where I saw it kind of coming to life around me, and I mm. was man, that thing started really blowing my mind. And I don't walk it a lot. That's not a <laughs> that's not like a lot of walking it. Mostly, that's pulling weeds in it, mm. <laughs> yeah, pulling the weeds, it's resizing. Yeah, it. fixing it, watching people walk it. I watched you walk it, uh, Dorian, for uh, I think a full winter, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was. It, that spoke to me a lot watching that. So, and what about for you, David? How have you witnessed the labyrinth be alive? Oh, I, I think it was from the beginning. I mean, we had it was different families. I remember the Espinosa family in particular would come out and we'd collect rocks out of the arroyos, mm. uh, go beg for rocks at wherever we could find mm-hmm. them. Uh, and uh, the, we wanted mostly those blue kind of rocks mm-hmm. uh, that washed down the, the arroyos here. Right. And so, so yeah, I remember the Espinosa. He, it might have been Marie and Stephen who came up with the the circular. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah that right. sounds like a Stephen that's Espinosa probably, yeah, thing. Well, and Marie, <laughs> probably was. Marie's a math. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Marie's yeah. A math, She's that, a math professor. That makes sense. <laughs> she's a math, like, sl- uh, mathematician slash philosopher. Yeah. She's yeah. like, she's a female buckaroo bonsai. <laughs> that's what she is. Anyway, uh, it I don't probably know why. was that with, 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 uh, with the string. <laughs> uh, but the first time we walked it as community, another symbolic thing that came together was we laid the pathway with uh uh what uh wood chipper okay with, oh, mulch. Uh, mulch from christmas trees that's right oh yeah and yeah, so okay. it was hilarious you'd see like a little a chopped up santa ornament in there uh you'd see <laughs> tinsel right. uh, kind of shining in yeah, there right that's and it was right. the, yeah so it's the discarded dreams of suburbia thrown into a wood chipper being, thrown to the side of the road being walked on uh, by a bunch of monks yeah and so so the first time we walked it, it, it I remember your dad, uh, who also wouldn't walk it, but he was blown away by. Yeah. He whispered to me, he was like, "It with because it was you know about thirty people walking it very slowly mm-hmm. at night, and the crunching sound of the pine needles and the mulch sounded like flames, sounded like fire burning." Oh, wow! And so we were, yeah, it was a very Pentecostal kind of experience. Uh, wow! Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it was just a yeah, 
I'll, I'll really, I, I think it's one of those things you just, it's just like your prayer life or any other contemplative practice. Give yourself to it and it'll show its mm-hmm. secrets to you. Mm-hmm. It'll befriend you eventually. Um, and so, so it's, yeah. And it's, and you know, I don't know if I mentioned this on our last podcast, but when children uh, approach it, they, they think it's a race. Mm, so they run oh, through yeah, it. Right. Yeah. They tend to run through it. Um, and so that's, that's interesting to me just to see people's, like you said, just observe yeah. different people's. And I don't remember how many circuits, uh, 13, maybe 17. I don't remember, but it's, it's odd. I, I know we chose the pedals in the center there, there are, mm. and we chose six instead of seven because we thought seven was too religious yeah. uh, and, and speaks to perfection. Mm. And we're we're all about the spirituality of imperfection. Right. So we mm-hmm. went with six pedals, and the seventh is your walk out. That's the seventh. Oh. Um, and so a lot of people skip the walk out. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing I've, I do, I've yeah. noticed. Yeah. It hurts my hips to walk too slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> that, unless right. I walk fairly fast, you know. Mm. So. One, one thing I have noticed, like you were saying about the kids racing through it, is adults are always afraid of it yeah, mm. yeah when they when they come through that threshold there's the yeah. arch there's a wall a short wall blocking your vision and then there's the archway and they kind of have a view of it but then when they get right at the threshold of that archway is when they get a full view of it and then they kind of you can always see their feet almost step back a yeah. little in here and they're like or do like is? a stutter step yeah they're like what is this yeah. <laughs> like, what why do you think that is I think you just put a bunch of rocks in a circle and it's sacred. Yeah. I was just in uh the many beaches of Hawaii and every everybody it's something it's some kind of instinct in everyone mm. to get stones and either stack them or set them in a certain way and I mean it's it's everywhere. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but it's in yeah. us and as soon as people see that, they're like, oh, this oh, is, oh, yeah, yeah, this is real. Something's here. Right. It's like the burning bush. They t- they want to take their shoes off. Yeah. Or they want to yeah. call it a, a, a right, demonic right, thing. Right. Yeah. It's evil. <laughs> Something's it's scary. Gonna, Tear it down. It's evil. It's Get like, rid of it. And I've had people tell me that, you know, and so I've asked them, so are you against walking or are you against praying? <laughs> and, you know, because it's all, if I walked in a straight line up the road and told you I, I did a prayer walk, Right. You'd, you would say, yeah, that's fine. But now I walk between some rocks right. that we uh, put up. Now all of a sudden it's demonic. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think you need to get your spiritual house in order, my friend. Do you think it's a fear of like, well, no, that doesn't make sense. But I'll, I'll pose, pose a question anyways. A fear of like man-made stuff? No, I, I, I would guess it's a fear of... Uh, it's it's an invitation to pray with your body. And I think mm. religious people in particular are terrified right. of the body. Right. Of uh, you know, there was there was this ancient story of this kid that came to a town where they wouldn't dance. And mm. um <laughs> and uh, I think his name was Kevin Bacon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's still his name his name still is Kevin Bacon. He hasn't died on us yet. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's kind of a, a continuous theme with amongst religious people. They're terrified of fiestas. They're terrified of uh, anytime. There's a border mass that we go to mm. from time to time mm-hmm. that's been going on you know, where uh, uh, usually it's the bishop in El Paso. We'll meet the bishop across across the fence now uh, in mm. Mexico, and they'll have a, a joint mass. Right. And the natives always show up, and they're on the margins. They're not allowed to participate in the actual program, they're never in the actual program. But they're always they performing. usually show up late, and they're and they and they start drumming, mm-hmm. and it's and that's why I, I go because <laughs> it's a, mm. so powerful. I start crying when I see them, and they and they fancy dance, and, right? And mm. uh, and so so I think there's a wildness to the body, and your ego can't control that, mm. and, and so we most of us want prayers that our egos are still in control of. Mm-hmm. And and therefore God will be under our our command. So well, to speak. And, and even I mean, even in the gospel, right? They're like, "Hey, Jesus, give us a prayer. We need a prayer." Yeah, yeah. You know, even though yeah. he's talking about prayer, yeah, exactly. the whole time, right? right? Like, yeah, he's he's 
he's uh, embodying it, mm-hmm. you know, and right, yeah, right, but they wanted yeah. a, something with theological implications. And so, Jacob, uh, David touched on it a, a bit, but what what has been? You said you know you you get a lot from watching people and uh, walk the labyrinth and uh, desert rain. For the most part, we you know yeah. it's like once a quarter we we intentionally walk it as a as a group as a community and 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 so what are the, some of the the things you've encountered or witnessed other people encounter through those where it's not just one or two people right 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 <clears throat> I think um, what it what it's done for me watching others go through it and I, I didn't know this when it first started happening. Um, I'm like a slow learner, so I'll watch something for years and then go, oh, I see what I've been attracted to. And so one of the things was that you really can't observe yourself, Mm. but in observing other people, I've been able to see, oh, I can see myself in others because I've done the the stillness and the silence of community life long enough that I can, that I know, oh, what I'm what I'm seeing is a reflection. You know, what I'm seeing of them, it's a lot of that is a reflection of myself. And it's a way of observing the, my heart. And I can, so I've, I've started seeing uh, people walk that thing and really see that I don't see myself. <laughs> so, and then if you, this is hard to say, but if you can if you can imagine the labyrinth walk being like say it, it, we we use this phrase the finger pointing at the moon but if you see it in this way it kind of it's uh, it's helped me understand this phrase better cuz when when we were having little kids when me and Medea were having our young you know babies there'd be a full moon and you're trying to show the kid the moon. And you're like, dude, look at the moon, look right, at the moon. Yeah. And you turn their head to it, but you know, they don't see it still. And so you start pointing to it and they're looking at your finger <laughs> and they're like, you're like, no, no, it's the weirdest thing to try and point to the moon to a, a like three-year-old or two-year-old, probably a two or under actually. Uh, Because they got to be real young. I mean, but it's when the moon's Mm -hmm. huge and Mm -hmm. you're trying to show them the moon and you're like, look at the moon and they don't, they're looking at your finger. And I think that's what we're doing with our lives and with Mm -hmm. ourselves. And so watching people walk the labyrinth has been showing me, you know what, there's a bigger theme going on around us and we don't see it. And I don't see it. But this type of labyrinth walk is like that finger pointing at the moon it's pointing to something bigger and saying practice this listen to this get still get silent get aware and there's a deeper awareness that you need and it's it's uh i think it takes a full season like i watched you walk it for basically the whole winter and and then something happened (laughs) right Mm -hmm. after that whole season then bam something is born in you and you didn't even know it. It's like, what, what was born in me? I don't know. <laughs> but you, you discover it in later seasons. And you can even go back. I bet you can go back if you were able to um, and see when that seed was planted. And it was during that season of walking that thing, walking those, those circuits of the labyrinth and just kind of being still and silent that's when the seed gets planted. It's bizarre. It's hard to to talk about because it's I don't know. Talking about things you can't see. <laughs> well, it's, I actually I can actually articulate. I just had a, <laughs> I had something this week actually. Oh, so I went to lunch with Greg and Tommy Tina Harrell, and we got onto the topic of the Camino de Santiago. And I know I've shared this story mm-hmm. before, but I'm going to read just to tell the full story. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to Tommy about it because he said he's, he's researched it a bunch and he's always wanted to do it, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I said, well, that's, it's actually a huge reason that I live out in desert rain now of what I experienced there, mm-hmm. which is the truth. But I don't know what it is. But this is the story I've already sh- shared is when I was on, one morning I woke up and I was just in a, a terrible mood. 
I was in the middle of Spain. I was like, what am I doing? I'm a 30 something year old dude walking across Spain when, you know, there's planes and cars and bicycles, like all sorts of modes of transportation, <laughs> right? Which was not most of the time I was on the Camino. I knew why I was there, right? It was, it was for those bigger themes to try to figure out those bigger themes yeah. in my life. So that morning that I was in a terrible mood, just after, uh, just after the sun came up, I encountered a tiny, it couldn't have been on more than six by six pavement, but a labyrinth had been painted. Oh. And, um, and in that moment, it connected me back here to Desert Rain in that moment. Because the only other place I had encountered <laughs> a labyrinth was at Desert Rain when I would come out here, you know, in, in 2013 or whatever. So I walked to the labyrinth, went to the middle, stood there. I, I didn't even take out my backpack. I left my backpack on and I just, you know, I stood there and prayed and I walked back out and whatever, like, whatever, like was putting me in a terrible mood had <laughs> evaporated in less than five minutes because of, of walking the labyrinth and being reconnected with the community of mm. desert rain. You know, and so I can look back now and see like that, that <laughs> instance is when it, the seed was planted of like, right. I was eventually going to land here. Right. And I had no idea. <laughs> None of us had any idea. Right. <laughs> and so, that's you know, amazing. <laughs> and I, and it all just kind of came together at lunch. And then hearing you share that right now, like that, <laughs> the thread was, was, you know, thrown all, all the way through and just right now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So what are some of the bigger thing, themes you've either experienced yourself, uh, David, or witnessed people, you know, when we do the group walks within the labyrinth? Yeah, I, I haven't had a, a particular singular mm. mystical experience in it. It's just one of those, you know, I, I walk daily. That's my, and my prayers are walked. Mm -hmm. And my life is walking. My life is prayer. It's all just kind of, intermingled like the Celtic cross <laughs> and uh, but I, I do one comes to mind uh, there was uh, in fact it was connected with you that's where we met you that uh, when we met I think his name was Evan Howard was that his name from Colorado right yeah, yeah. that's right we need to get back in touch with him yeah um, but he he uh, walked in and he, and he sat Jacob and I down and schooled us and, mm -hmm. and he told us his uh, revelation. He had a, a pretty significant revelation by walking it. He had stayed with us for that weekend, right. for that conference, and uh, and so he, he basically he had it was pretty elaborate. But he, mm -hmm. the gist of it was in the in the center of the six petals represented six conversions that he's had. I think he used the the term. <laughs> Right. Uh, I'm I'm hearing it almost uh, for the first time again because I forget. Yeah, everything. it was in a backyard in, <laughs> awesome. in Las Cruces somewhere. I remember right? being mind He's telling us <laughs> this stuff. I think like one of them was his charismatic conversion. Mm -hmm. Another one was his uh, initial evangelical That's conversion. Right. And I think another one was it was very Richard Foster in the the streams of living water kind of oh, thing. Oh right, right, uh, right. A, a social justice stream, liberal uh, Christianity. He had these different. <laughs> Yeah. awakenings of of uh an aspect of of his faith uh of connected to different traditions right and and so i think he was up to six and then he saw them the the petals go down you can go deep underground into any of those traditions at any time uh and the labyrinth brings that together uh for him integrates all of them and 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 the depth is is you know, it's it's infinite. So absolutely. So that was kind of that was yeah, because it was an, kind of an intellectual guy. Man. Yeah. Uh, he was yeah. He's extremely intellectual. Yeah. yeah. He's written dozens and dozens of books. Right. Yeah. And yet he's been know. a professor. Yeah, and so he was. So that was that was pretty interesting. That, right. Um, and I, I enjoy. My, I guess one of my favorite things about it is uh, uh, there's times where we'll walk it at we'll have a, a community walk. Mm -hmm. at night particularly in uh october uh november for all saints all souls day day of the dead which is a big deal in this region culturally um and we set the center up as an altar mm, uh, right right and we put photos of of our deceased loved ones and uh and we you know celebrate 
the All Souls Day and and uh, and, and we light it up with Christmas lights, kind of mm-hmm. thing, and and we have solar lights in there. I threw those in there a couple of years ago, and uh, a bird just hit the window. I saw the poor guy. Oh I'm God. sorry, <laughs> sorry, guy. sorry, little guy. Um, and we'll be done. And I'll be sitting. You know, I'll just go out late at night, and it still looks like people are walking it. Mm. I see the shadows wow. going, and it reminds me of that story of Abraham, where the flaming pot appears and walks between the pieces of the covenant, and uh, and I and I and I imagine it to be all of the all of us who've ever walked it are mm. still walking it. All of our variants, right? Uh, <laughs> a little pop culture reference there uh, for the and, kids, and all the people that will ever will walk it. And everyone that ever will walk it, and and then like Jacob was said at the beginning, it's the human walk. Mm. It's the, uh, yeah. it's 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 the one human, uh, you know, uh, or Hume X, uh, you know, Hume M X N, I guess, for those <laughs> that are more politically correct, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm not genderifying it, and so. Uh, yeah, but Person, it's, it's the it's, persons that we'll encounter. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the person made of humus. Uh, there you go. <laughs> will we'll walk the yeah, and so it's it's an eternal, infinite, perpetual kind of thing, and I enjoy seeing that. And it is an optical illusion with the lights twinkling. Of course, yeah, right, right, right. So it's but it's also it's very it's, physical, mm-hmm. but it is also also multidimensional. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that I enjoy it, that. It's actually a perfect lead-in because the next question I wanted to bring up, you know, because the the labyrinth is multidimensional, right? And we we just happen to live in a three-dimensional realm, right? I think so. No, and three? I forgot. I forgot what the Twilight Zone said. <laughs> and and the the labyrinth is physically built effectively on two dimensions. It's on the ground and it has rocks leading the path. Okay, yeah. You you've uh spoken to me about this, Jacob, but the three-dimensional aspect of the labyrinth. Yeah. And I think that connects to Evan's Evan Howard yeah, talking he, about it going into the ground. Yeah, it's wild that it So did maybe that you could maybe you could share <laughs> I totally that. Forgot that. <laughs> maybe you could share the three-dimensional aspect of it that you've witnessed. I've well, it's that's so wild. But yeah, I've seen that. I've seen the labyrinth kind of as, and, and let me let me explain this. It takes a community to do this stuff. It really does. You can't, you can't, I mean, you can go build your own labyrinth and walk it until something happens, but I can't. I would have done nothing with the labyrinth, but like David was saying, you know, they set up this thing on, you know, with lights and doing all souls night and, you know, it, that, that kind of stuff, like, that's beautiful, and that's how I've entered into it because he's known what to do with it. He's like, mm. oh, yeah, I know what to do. We'll sit, We'll do this night. And that gives me kind of the gateway to observe and to, to play with the thing or to experience the thing and see what it's, what it's about. Right. Left to myself, I'd still be staring at the circles going, wow, it's pretty. <laughs> you know? <laughs> look, Ma, look what right. we made. I would not so know what pretty. to do. I really wouldn't know what to do with it. (laughs) But I did definitely uh, start seeing that we make a circle on the floor, a circle of rocks on the floor, because we can't make a globe that we walk on (laughs) because of gravity. You know, we can't walk uh, upside down. And, you know, it's hard to walk upright over a dome. (laughs) <laughs> top you know <laughs> slipping off but, and breaking your neck but you apparently but, walked up a wall <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but so walking walking that is i think like i say that it's it's pointing at something else it's always mm. pointing at something yeah. that we can't just naturally or or physically or easily do and it's it's pointing at how uh much bigger the the world of of um the ultimate reality is all around us and so yeah walking that i pictured it and i saw it as a globe and it was it was an entire maze and walk you know life walk uh uh with depth and dimension mm-hmm. that that has this 
I mean, I, I haven't even seen anything that looks like it. I've looked for, there was a, a winter where I would just kept looking for images that were like a, a labyrinth, like a globe <laughs> with yeah. a labyrinth all over it. And I couldn't even find an image like that, but I mean, it's in my heart, you know, it was in my, it was in my heart. I could, I wanted to have, have that. And I know it's, it is our lives. It's like that. It's, it's, uh, it's the bigger cycles and the, it's a, it's, it has no beginning and end. It's, uh, there's something deathless about it. There's something undying, uh, about our lives. And that's, I think, what that labyrinth is pointing you to. And it gives you that stillness. I think the CAC called theirs uh, the still point. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right? And it gives you that still point. I uh, can't remember what poem that was based off. Yeah, but it was uh, T.S. Eliot. Yeah. That was a, the that still was great. Point. And there's the, only the dance. Yeah. yeah, that's an amazing verse. That's heavy. Yeah. And so, yeah, it gives you, it kind of is pointing you to access that in your world, in your life. It's saying this still point, this sacred dance, uh, this, this turning point is in your world. It's in your life. And when you enter a true prayer walk like that, you begin to wake up to these things in your real life. You begin to like, in my case, I, w- I would wake up some days and just go, wow, I've, I've been living in community for this long or, or I, wow, I've been a dad. This is bizarre. <laughs> like who trusted me with children? <laughs> who would have ever, who in their right mind would have ever done this, this thing? Right. So these things kind of gave me, um, gave me a, a foothold mm. to climbing into something magnificent that is actually my own life. <laughs> it's really my own life. But it feels like, wow, this isn't, you know, I'm on this amazing uh, crest and I'm, I'm climbing this, you know, to, to an unspeakable beauty. Well, that's your life, idiot, mm. is what basically it's telling me. <laughs> but uh, so that was kind of giving me access okay. to... Uh, a, a sacred space mm. of my own natural world, and I was just blown away by that man. That just got me. Do you want? Do you want to share that poem with us? Yeah, I just found it. Yeah, so it's it's T. S. Eliot's from his Burnt Norton verses, and it's very powerful. It goes uh, at the still point of the turning world, neither flesh nor fleshless, neither from nor towards, at the still point. There the dance is, but neither arrest nor movement, and do not call it fixity, where past and future are gathered, neither movement from nor towards, neither ascent nor decline, except for the point, the still point. There would be no dance, and there is only the dance. <laughs> so you just go, <laughs> He drops the mic and walks out. Yeah, drops the mic. <laughs> Well, it's funny too because it goes back the way he uses the dance. It goes yeah. back to an an, an embodiment, being praying with our body, being yeah. connected with our body, and and you know we already talked about some religions being fearful of that. Yeah, I think the more organized, the more mental, I guess, a faith gets, the more terrified they are of. Uh, more physical expressions or, you know, speaking. That's why Pentecostals have been so marginalized mm. in Christianity because they, you know, they do wild things like speak in tongues out loud and lift up their hands, uh, dance, shake. Mm. The Quakers also uh, uh, mm. uh, marginalized because they would quake. Uh, they would shake. Which, it, you know, they, it was, that one's a great one because it was a it was an insult, and then they just embraced yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, you know, <laughs> now it's, you know, now it's part of their identity. Yeah. So it's like, um, so was, to go back to that still point, though, what, what, how have you encountered that still point, David, in the labyrinth? In the labyrinth, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess what comes to mind immediately would be more so in relate, like Jacob was saying, it's more in community. 
Mm. So when we walk it with a group of people, uh, there are times where our pathways where I'll be walking, someone will be in one lane, I'll be in the next, and we're walking together. And and then all of a sudden our paths diverge and mm. we move away. And then we might come back together again. Mm-hmm. And and so it, it teaches me that, uh, you know, friends come and go, relationships come and go, but they, you know, we end up at the still point eventually. Everyone that you've ever known, uh, invisible and visible. Yeah. Uh, their deathless nature even. Uh, and so, so mm-hmm. there are times mm-hmm. where we're walking closely in the dance and then times where our pathways move apart either by conflict, but it's not, but it's still all part of the dance. Right. It, it wasn't a mistake. So I've, it's helped me reconcile a lot of uh, broken relationships in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that, you know, the still point will, will come together at the still point. And in my own heart right now, I can have that that reconciliation occur, you know, through the, right. through forgiveness and acceptance and doing the work, so to speak. Oh, yeah. uh, accepting my own anger about it as well and sadness, you know, not to uh, sanitize that process. It's a messy process. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we're, we're you, I mean, in Western society, especially amongst men, you know, are, we're supposed to not do the emotion stuff. Yeah. Not do the fear, not do the anger. Yeah. Or at least not, not display it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would go even further in spiritual communities. Mm. They replace kindness with niceness and politeness. Yeah. And, and and it's just a facade of, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a substitute, you know, Mm -hmm. it's pseudo community. I think Mm -hmm. you were talking about that on your I, th- I think that was you. I, yeah, I think Jacob pseudo community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. you know, we just keep that veneer of politeness instead of going into actual conflict and then kindness, uh, real kindness. You know, and so that's a scary thing. It's an intimate thing, and it's a terrifying. It's, thing. And it's yeah. terrifying for yeah. people. Intimacy, yeah. I think, because you you have to be vulnerable, right? And, and for anyone to be vulnerable leaves you open for for heartbreak. Yeah, and sadness, but though I, it kind of goes to that idea of the overarching themes, right? Like heartbreak yeah. and sadness. That's that's life. Yeah. If, if you're going to engage with life fully, and not, you know, we've obviously covered that, but I think that was God's point of coming down and being human, yeah. to have fear, to be vulnerable, to be heartbroken, to be betrayed, to be yeah. jealous, like all these things that you and I experience well, you know I, i'm i'm all over the board so i experience all those in a month <laughs> you guys might be a little bit more sane than i but you know but it's uncomfortable it's not comfortable well, as you get older you pretty much i just want a sandwich that's really good and that's you know yeah that's all i want yeah, but then not, there's all I'm these as, other things that come in not as upset about stuff <laughs> some things but not yeah not as much as i was when i was in my 20s and and for the the still point for me in the in the recent season of walking the labyrinth is when i walk in i alternate between the jesus prayer the hail mary and the our father some cla- you go with the classics mm-hmm. i go with the big time <laughs> classics man because that's awesome. I, you know, I, well, the Hail Mary and the Our Fathers from, you know, when I was a little lad and going to, yeah. and the Jesus prayer, I remember an Orthodox priest taught it to me and I was so uncomfortable and against it the first time really? I heard it. And I read a book about it and still was like, man, that prayer is not for me. Really? And it, I've learned in my spiritual life, the things I'm most adverse to. I usually need to embrace, oh. you know. So, so going back to like sobriety, I was so adverse to not drinking <laughs> that I couldn't even imagine it, right? And then now it's the greatest gift. Anyways, so I, I alternate between those three, and then when I get in the middle, I stop praying and just try to be in the still point. Mm-hmm. And then as I walk out, I try to carry that stillness out with me. Mm. Um, and it's been an amazing, you know, and, and maybe and probably it lasts thirty seconds from when I leave the labyrinth, or you know, I'll start. The monkey mind will kick in as I'm walking out. And I just, just that practice of returning. And I just have this wording now, returning to that still point, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what a, what a gift that is that mm-hmm. I can take that out into the world. Yeah, It doesn't just have to be in the labyrinth. Right. It doesn't just have to be a desert rain. It can, anywhere my two feet are, 
it can the still point can be in, in that point at, at that place that time and place as well um I don't, I don't know about you jacob if you have a still point connection after hearing that poem just now uh, yeah yeah i mean that's heavy the i had actually uh always gravitated towards what joseph campbell says and in his introduction to uh the, i think it's a hero with a thousand faces and joseph campbell opens up that book with the labyrinth and he says the labyrinth of life is set in place it's already set and mm -hmm. you know the the myths the stories uh it's it's already set for you and you have only to participate with it now and he says where we where we when we trick to the center and we find ourselves you know at the center where we thought we were gonna slay a, a monster yeah. we find ourselves <laughs> where we thought we were gonna discover this monster we discover the self and where we thought we were going to be alone we're together with the whole world and I, when i hear that when i heard that first i was just like god it was fire right, yeah. yeah. i went electric my my acoustic went electric and i was like yeah i could do something with this and that thing so then that's when i started seeing the the i mean some of the bigger themes around me uh taking root in my own life and then like you say i could take this thing outward i could take mm -hmm. this thing everywhere this this because and i think what happened with me was that i after reading campbell after after uh you know trying to learn to read poetry i still can't read poetry I, I, that's like that's out there still i'll, I'll get it in my 50s i'll get poetry <laughs> but uh after reading that and and discovering and looking at my own life like when i was young i got jumped into the street the neighborhood gang you know right. when i was a kid and seeing seeing us um create our own rite of passage seeing us create our own male initiations um giving ourselves what we didn't have what we mm -hmm. weren't being given by our our spiritual masters that should have you know been involving themselves with the communities rather than the attendance you know rather than their church attendance or rather than their you know packing the, the stadiums yeah. right the careers careerism exactly so i i started being able to access that and say man look at the look at my my world from afar almost almost being able to see it from a, a, a higher viewpoint like mountaintop view you know looking down at it and saying wow we're really missing rite of passage we're really missing male initiation and this to me like labyrinth is still in rite of passage and male initiation it's still the finger pointing at the moon but it's at least telling you it's at least showing you that there's something missing and you at this still point can see it mm. and i think seeing it helps give you a kind of a foothold at climbing this thing to have a kind of a creative edge into your life being able to uh, uh, uh hopefully one day integrate creative elements into accessing rite of passage male initiation for the next generation you know and doing whatever it is your life is about doing <laughs> so that's huge it's hard yeah. to it's hard to access or talk about but i mean an example would be your life right now marsha pointed it out when hmm. you were when you were born mm -hmm. you were born in a house mm -hmm. uh and your dad caught you when that's you were right. born and then just a couple of months ago your yep. dad died in your arms literally yep and you caught him in his new life and so that's yep. that's freaking poetry i'll tell you that's one, the still point of life i'll tell you one about <laughs> that that i haven't mentioned yet and if we have time it's real short but my mother had a dream uh she's been revisiting her dream journals you know my mom has yeah. dream journals from like 1982 or yeah, something yeah. she's just wow. she's got these like a whole library of dreams from the nixon administration yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> she prophesied nixon winning the election i'm just joking but 
So she went back to her dream journals. Since my dad has passed, she found an old dream where I was helping her have a baby. No one was around and I was helping her. Well, that's what we were doing in that room with my dad. It was just me and my mom and we were crossing my dad over and I was... I was coaching her. I don't know how I coached her, but I was basically like coaching her where Can we had to change him. And Will you tell the whole story? It's scary. But yeah, we, he had totally soiled himself. And we didn't know that that was his body dying. We didn't know that. We thought, oh, man, we got to change him because we're, we're going to have all the grandkids are going to be back. They had gone to the park or something. They had gone out to all the grandkids were in town to see grandpa. Right. And so he had soiled himself. I was, my brothers had been doing, uh, you know, family duty all day. I was working. So I came in in the afternoon to relieve them and they all left. And then my mom was like, I need help changing him. It's totally dirty. And I said, don't worry, don't worry. I was, I don't know how I got calm. And this is bizarre, but I never remember anything. Like half of what David's saying right now is reminding me of all this. I'm like, wow. But I guess what happened is that David had told me how he, when he was on his deathbed the first time, (laughs) how they had to change him. And so I don't know how, but I remembered that. And I said, okay, mom, here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to change him. I said, I'm going to turn him on his side. We're going to get his clothes off. We're going to roll the sheets up under him, clean that side, then roll him over the sheet roll, continue rolling it, clean that side, other side, and then do the set the bedspread in the opposite way. We're just going to roll it back under him because he was not moving at all. He was breathing. But as soon as we finished changing him, I mean, she was crying and it was hard for her. And I don't know how I kept my cool because I, I can't even, I couldn't even be around my dog when he passed away. I was like, I had to get my kids to do it. But I kept my cool and coached her through it. And I didn't realize until after she told me about that dream that she had a dream that I had helped her have a baby. And I realized we were crossing my dad. That's what we were doing. As soon as we finished changing him, he stopped breathing. And you know, that was it. And that was amazing, man, seeing him, seeing him in that room, in his body, and then almost right behind me, patting my shoulders, saying, just kind of grinning behind me or saying that, keep going, just keep doing it. And it was just, wow, I, I will never be the same again. My dad healed me in that dying process. Mm-hmm. He healed me. I was always his bad son. I was always the, and when he left, he was like, no, no, no. (laughs) I I felt like he waited for me to get, to finish work. And I was trying to avoid that hour. I told my brothers, make sure you're around. If anything happens, you got to be here. As soon as they all left, it was like, boom, you're on. And something was in me that was stronger than me. And I was on and I midwifed. (laughs) I don't know how it happened, but I midwifed. And yeah, so that is that's yeah, an amazing story. <laughs> or female initiation or any initiation into right. life. Or just yeah, just life initiation. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I I think we end on that note. Yeah. That's too beautiful. There's no other <laughs> thing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you. It's heavy. Uh, thank you, David. Yes. Um like I said at the beginning, this is our first attempt at recording three, three people. And after the conversation we just had, I, I have so much fear in my bones right now that we didn't capture it, that I'm totally terrified because it was such a beautiful conversation. <laughs> um, but that's just my ego. So uh, I love you guys. Yeah. Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, this is Dispatches from the Verge on Desert Rain Community Radio. Uh, what you hear in the background is my man's creation, Monk Drums. Uh, that's what's leading us out. Uh, if you want to read more of, of David's uh, poems and prayers, uh, theruin.com. 
is the place to check those out. Um, and one lastly, just thank you once again. Hmm. Yeah. Come walk the labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs>